Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Annie Snyder. Much of the energy world's focus in recent months has been on the massive climate and social spending bill that Democrats are trying to reach agreement on. But the bipartisan infrastructure bill that President Joe Biden is expected to sign next week includes its own notable new powers for boosting the administration's goal of decarbonizing the electric grid. The legislation gives the Department of Energy powerful authorities for prioritizing new transmission lines, but it's raising alarm bells with state regulators and local officials. Today, my colleague Catherine Morehouse breaks down the new authorities and the political risks that come with them. It's Friday, November 12th. So Catherine, you've been looking at some new authorities that the measure gives the federal government with respect to transmission. Tell us about those. Yeah, so basically what this provision does is it expands existing authorities that the Department of Energy had over transmission. So if, for instance, they would see benefits of bringing in more renewables to that region, or they might say, actually, this region could save a lot of money if we had a transmission line here that could bring in lower cost solar or lower cost wind. So it basically expands those authorities. And at the same time, it clarifies some authorities that FERC had. If a state, for instance, says, we actually don't want to see this transmission line built, even though it is a Department of Energy designated corridor, then the developer of that line could go to FERC and say, hey, this state is breaking the law, essentially, and FERC would step in and say, we need this line to be built because the Department of Energy designated this corridor. Hmm. So this idea of expanding what's in the national interest to include renewable energy sounds like it would be pretty relevant to President Biden's plans to decarbonize the grid. How does that fit in? How important is this to the Biden administration's big climate goals? One of the major barriers to transmission is permitting. And you see a lot of issues at the permitting level, some state opposition and that kind of thing. So this is kind of one part of the permitting puzzle where it strengthens federal authority and it might prevent some of those conflicts. And another thing that it really does is give investors and developers confidence that that this authority exists and it might make them less wary about dealing with those kind of state level commission hurdles. How do states feel about all of this then? We have talked recently on the podcast about a ballot initiative in Maine that I believe went against the developers of a major new transmission line up there. These proposals can face opposition on the ground and both among states and communities, right? Right. And so the National Association of Regulatory Utility Commissioners was really opposed to this provision. They called it draconian when it was first proposed. They said, you know, to preempt state authority in this way is really unfair. And the state denies the permit for a line. They do so for a reason. And it's really not fair and not cooperative for the federal government to make sure that states don't have this kind of permitting authority that they've traditionally had. So you mentioned FERC earlier. The commission is working on transmission issues in its own right at the moment, too. Where does that work fit into the picture here? They're kind of basically picking up all of the extra pieces that are still left over from the many things that need to be figured out about transmission. Transmission policy expert Rob Gramlich puts the big barriers as permitting, paying, and planning. And so what FERC still needs to do is figure out the planning part and the paying part, which is 
cost allocation and then how regions or states come together and think about how they want to build out lines across states. Hmm. And do we have any indication yet how DOE is going to interpret and implement this new authority? We don't. And that's the huge question that I have is, you know, how aggressive will the Department of Energy be? Are they going to, you know, buckle down right away and start looking at areas that could be beneficial and making sure that they're kind of covering themselves for if they do want to build those lines? I mean, it's kind of a politically risky move because not everyone wants to see these transmission lines built. And so you could certainly see a scenario where folks might not be thrilled to have the Department of Energy come in and say, we could build a really big transmission line right in your backyard. One other kind of interesting point is there was a proposed amendment to actually eliminate this part of the infrastructure bill back in July proposed by a senator from Kansas. And that was ultimately shut down. And, you know, Manchin argued that this is kind of a limited authority and and we shouldn't worry about it. And Senator Heinrich also argued that pipelines actually have the same authority as transmission here, so we shouldn't be too worried about it. And so I, I do think it's kind of notable that there was a little bit of opposition to this at the Senate level, but clearly not enough to overthrow the provision. And it did end up receiving bipartisan support, even when it was kind of discussed in that sort of forum. Also, on Wednesday, the Commerce Department gave a group of American solar panel makers two days to reveal their identities publicly or face rejection of their request for tariffs on solar panels from three Southeast Asian nations. Back in August, the manufacturers asked Commerce to expand tariffs already in place on solar imports from China to also cover panels coming from Vietnam, Malaysia, and Thailand, since some Chinese manufacturers have shifted production to those countries. The three American manufacturers asked to conceal their identities from the public, as Commerce considers the tariffs, saying they could face retaliation from the Chinese government. Commerce's decision Wednesday means that, for the time being, the department has rejected the tariff petition. But if petitioners agree to have their identities released publicly within two business days, the agency said it will restart its consideration of their request. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Carlos Prieto and Nermal Malaykel are our producers. Raghu Manavalan is our senior editor of audio. Our senior producer is Jenny Ament. Irene Noguchi is Politico Audio's executive producer. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. Also, next week, days after the UN Climate Change Conference wraps up, Politico will be hosting its inaugural Sustainability Summit. Join us virtually on Tuesday, November 16th for interviews and panels that will help you understand what's needed to push climate action forward. Visit Politico's live events section to register. It's free. I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you on Monday. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lowercarbon.